Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Woo, 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 woo. We're back. And again, as you can tell from a distinct lack of mouth breathing, Stan is not here this week. No, no, no. He is actually on holiday. He's gone to Benna Medina for a few days to clear his head. Yeah, he's um, he's gone with um, Joel and Akron Glazer, I heard. Yeah. Just to sort of hash things out. I mean, he doesn't want tonight to get too messy. Um, for those not knowing, there is a process going on. That is yeah, very true. Traffic very true. They did try it in a pub, going down to a pub, and now they're trying it, taking the fans away on holiday to Ben and Medina. So best of luck with that, Stan. <laughs> and, and best of luck tonight against Liverpool. Yes, they will certainly need it if the game does go ahead. <laughs> well, they have my, they have my support. Um, yeah, well, they need more than that, I'm afraid. Unless you can play central midfield, perhaps. Uh, yeah, but McFred would probably do a job better than me. Probably, probably. I'm not convinced, but either way, good <laughs> But yeah, I think, yeah, there's only one place to start. Yes. Chelsea got absolutely battered by Leeds United to start off the Super Sunday gym. Yes, the Leeds United franchise. Yeah, long story short for this one, just to summarise, Leeds were just up for it. They were winning every first and second ball. Chelsea had 20 minutes of where we should have been a goal or two up and then Mendy doing that mistake. I think we lost the game in the first 20 minutes. I, I truly do believe that. And Leeds just have that dog in them at the moment, Jim. They look good. And yeah, like yeah, I said, do. yeah, my praise well for them. Worth their, um, sorry. Was noted. No, I'm just saying my praise for them in the in the past has bit me on the arse, so to speak. But like I, I said, I like this coach and I like this team. Yeah, there was there was well worth the three points. I think definitely a three 0 scoreline certainly flatters a lot, um, but definitely worth the three points. Very impressive all over the pitch, like we were saying earlier. The pressing, they like a unit. Look, that's as good as we've seen them for better than all last season already. Um, they've got two wins now out of three and the, some of the new signings are just gelling perfectly I mean um, Brendan Aronson we could talk about Coke we mentioned him ages ago on this podcast I mean you mentioned him so I've got to hold my hands up to that one like <laughs> ages ago I never, I, when you first mentioned him I actually had never heard of him um, and yeah he's just been a, a, like a revelation like he doesn't stop running he's quick he's not just quick off the ball when he gets the ball, he's quick. He doesn't just mess about. He just he just goes. He knows what he's doing almost. Like I don't know if he just makes he makes up on the fly or he literally makes that decision because as soon as he gets it, he turns and sprints and he knows the ball is playing. Like he does everything quick and it just suits them down to a T. And it's it's Jesse March's man. And you can see why he's gone after him. Lad, he's class. And and I've known this player since his Philadelphia Union days when he was ripping it up for them and He's, he's a great talent. And like I said, when he was playing for RB Salzburg, this is a player that's been playing in the Champions League. He's been playing against good teams and he, he's a very young player who's been playing in Europe for longer than a lot of people think. And he's really earned his stripes at Salzburg. And it, it all literally came from, I saw him in the MLS probably in about 2018, 2017. And he was doing really well there. And there's a lot of promise at the time. And, He's reaping the rewards. Obviously, it's a massive step to the Prem, but that is the type of player he is. He's a relentless presser. And Brandon Aronson, 
is a Liverpool style player in that respect. Like obviously they play with a Gagan press and he would suit them down to a T. I'm not saying he's good enough for Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination, but that's the type of player he is. And he's adding goals and assists and he was unlucky not to get a goal in the first week of the season, but a player, he's a player I really love and a player where else I really love Tyler Adams. He had a really good game in there with Mark Rocker and just bullied Gallagher and Jorginho for 90 minutes and credit to Leeds. Although Thomas Tuchel wouldn't give it him. Yeah, well, um, Thomas Tuchel's um, so he's had a, he's had a tough week. I think I think he's a bit salty. I think if he looks back, I think he can feel hard done by by last week's result, and I can we all agree with that one. But I don't think even the the staunchest Chelsea fan. I mean, I know yourself, Cook. You like to give your Chelsea fans the praise, but I think you can even hold your hands up and say that the home team was better. And just a last note on Brendan Aronson that. His goal, yeah, it was um, a massive, massive error from Eduard Mendy that just put Leeds ahead. But at the same time, he just personifies the type of player Brendan Aronson is. Like that goal, that being his first Premier League goal, is like a big signifier, really, of what, what he does off the pitch. His strengths, it just shows like what he's been doing basically these, these first few weeks of the season. And now they've got a really good run of fixtures where if they can keep on putting the points on the board, then come your, your March and your April, May, they won't be down there like they was last season. And what a job Jesse's done because they've lost two of the best players and well, they've lost the two best players, the Adam Phillips and Rafinha and they're looking more like a unit from it. Um, so yeah, Leeds were brilliant, but just on Chelsea, Cook, are you, are you a little bit worried about, I, I think defensively Chelsea are fine. I think it's running games, um, but attacking wise, I've seen that the front three of Havertz, Mount and Sterling it's taken a bit of time and it's got one assist in three games. Um, none of them have scored. Do you think maybe he needs a rejig or it's just kind of getting used to each other? Um, seems to be a bit of team problems to start this season. I think Chelsea, as a, I nearly said it as a franchise then, that would have been very American, <laughs> uh, as an organisation, should I say. Um, more draft picks. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, no, as an organisation, I think when the, the window shuts will have people obviously no one can go anywhere and there's a lot of players in our squad that are just lingering around that we are trying to get out the door Emerson Palmieri has just signed for West Ham today for 15 million that's one of our four left backs we have on the books that have finally been sold <laughs> like I said we've got Marcus Alonso we've got Cucurella we've got Chilwell we've got Emerson we had Emerson <laughs> so we, we had a yeah Baba Rahman he's enough like we still Baba Rahman doesn't still play for Chelsea <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> does even Van, King, Van Ginkel still play? Don't, don't. <laughs> Michael Marin. Oh God, another one. But but not like there's too many people like lingering around the club. People like Barkley, Ziyech is going to Ajax by the looks of it. If Anthony goes to United, which would be an, a complete backward step for Hakim Ziyech. I think he can play at a much higher level than than Eredivisie. But yeah, there's too many people lingering around. Werner's already gone, Lukaku's already gone, but it'll be having that core of people who are you're 100% staying. I think we need to add an attacker and it looks like it'll be Aubameyang if there's business to be done there. If not, it'll be someone else. Hopefully Fafana gets over, but I think it's a mixture of all the above, what you said. I think it probably does need a rejig with a new face because we have lost Werner. We're probably going to lose the Esch as well and we've lost Lukaku. Havertz is 
he's been burdened a lot with the the weight of being our nine for a while and he's not a natural nine but I feel like if someone else can help him share that burden and not really put it all on him that that'd be great also but I think like I said probably one of all of the points that you made lad yeah and um, just finally on on that on Aubameyang signing um, one if say ZH does leave which looks likely Aubameyang does come which looks likely again is Aubameyang enough Throughout the season, if you've got your options of Epemiang, um, Mount, Sterling, Havertz, uh, Pulisic, uh, I know there were some rumours been going on loan. Is Epemiang enough? And if Epemiang does play in your starting eleven, who would you think that would come out of that side? I think on on current form, it's hard not to argue with Kai Havertz coming out of that because he has been the recognised nine probably for the most out of the three because it is a fluid three but it's either Sterling or or him that goes through the middle and he's not scored and he, he missed an absolute sitter against Tottenham that you would expect your number nine to be gobbling up especially someone of his ilk and I just think that if you take him out of the firing line a bit you almost again share that burden I think Aubameyang could easily play through the middle or even if you do want to play Havertz and you want to drop Mount who's not covered himself in glory at all from the start of this season who could easily be the one that's dropped you could play Aubameyang as one of those wide attacking midfielders that you play with Sterling just behind the Havertz if you really had to and then it becomes an actual fluid free where there's no idea really who is through the middle and then you pose that threat but I just think we need a few bodies over the door and I, I said it when we was on about transfers the other week judge Chelsea at the end of the transfer window because we, we've got a lot of people that don't really want to be there and we've got people we need to get through the door. So it'll be a busy couple of weeks for us. Yeah, the castle window is fast approaching. Jim White's little yellow tie will be on our screens. Before we know it, Cook, um, and we'll transition to another game, which was it was a Super Sunday. Sky have picked the games. It Bang was. on this week, it looks like. Um, my boys in blue involved in the oil classico, as people were calling it. <laughs> Newcastle free, Man City free. Um, I just go. I just say what a game it was, and um, what, what, what were your thoughts on it? I just enjoyed it. I, I know this was probably my version of the Tottenham game last week, minus the 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 bollocks. But I mean, as a neutral, where you can just sit back and enjoy a class game of footy, yeah. where both teams are going for it, because Newcastle of old under uh, a Benitez or a Bruce would have played a back five they would have put every man behind the ball and it would have just been City just relentlessly just knocking the ball side to side and inevitably penetrating them. But now Newcastle went for it and players who, again, great signings from Newcastle. We've we've obviously lit their arse a little bit on air for the signings, but it's justified. And Nick Pope, a player who concedes three and you can still argue that he's probably man of the match. And I think he did get man of the match, am I right? But he was... He, he was good, really good. And I just think, again, we'll ask you now, do you think that's obviously a point gained or two points dropped from your perspective as a City fan? Um, is it, I guess it all depends how you judge it. Because, I mean, I don't think you can... I, I actually think it's point gained. I don't think you can expect three points away at Newcastle this season. I think they've shown already this season that there are going to be no pushovers, and they're, they're one of them teams that are going to be pushing for that sixth, seventh, seventh spot, um, arguably. Um, and the way the game went, the first 55, maybe even 60 minutes, there was only one side making all the 
all the attacking movements and he was really enforcing himself in the game and that was Newcastle. He was the better side. Um, City got a really, really early goal by just, he just poor defending really. It was a surprise, I think, to everyone when they were and everyone was kind of looking to the lines and thinking, goal is offside there and you watch the replay and there's no one picking gun run up. So City got a really nice start and Usually when teams go down 1-0 early in the first five minutes against City, it's, it's just one way. It's 4-0 part, no kind of victory. But yeah, Newcastle kept going. Um, I thought St. Maximan, I thought when he's on that form, he's, he's close to unplayable. Um, Kyle Walker, torrid time. And Kyle Walker, I've seen him against. I was saying this before, I said to my mate as a City fan, we've seen Kyle Walker the past two, three years come against the best wingers in the world and he makes them look stupid. We've seen him against Messi and Mbappe and Neymar. I remember the Mbappe one um, two years ago or last year, whenever it was. And he just pockets him because he's, he's got that pace and the strength. But St. Maxman was just squaring him up every single time. And he had he had the entire defence on it. Um, we could have went into our time more than 2 1 down. Probably should have. Um, but yeah, we got the goals back. Harlan got a goal. I thought he was excellent. I thought he's been excellent every game. Um, and then De Bruyne with probably the pass of the season to give Bernardo the assist. I mean, I don't even know how he's seen it. Never mind how he's pulled it off. It's, that's why he's the best player in the league. Um, and yeah, I kind of thought City were actually trying to nick it 4-3. It reminded me of a bit of when, I don't know if you remember this game, Cook, like you've watched the Amazon all and off in the Arsenal one. Yeah. And City won 2-1 and Rodri scored in the last Right minute. at the end. Yeah, because I remember that game in Arsenal, it wasn't there. They battered us. I mean, they were, it was just it was a one-two game. And then Nick's a goal, Gabriel gets sent off, which in this game, Trippier could have got sent off. I mean, I would kind of segue to that. I mean, yeah, was yeah. that clear and obvious to overturn that? I mean, I don't know if it was. No. Again, I, I, I think this is a red card. I genuinely do because it's high and he's it, made no attempt for the ball. Yeah, it's high and that's the reason why. And Trippier... It's a shame because obviously he scores that great goal and then he does something like that. Obviously, it's a blatant tactical foul, but he goes with his right foot as well. If he goes with his left foot, he trips De Bruyne up like he, on his ankle and it's a yellow for me. But he, it's the fact that if you watch it back, even listening now, if you watch it back, he goes with his probably his wrong foot and then it becomes a lunge and then naturally because he's going across his body, his leg comes up to his knee. But it's a red card. It's 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 dangerous. And and that's why De Bruyne was so angry when when it happened because if you get that wrong, it, not to that severity, but it is high and it can be a career ender. It genuinely can. And De Bruyne's a kind of one of them players who's had a lot of injury problems in the past few years and he's getting past his 30s now. Yeah, he had three of them on him. He had Jolington and Bruno both did it to him. He were, were he kind of waits until he come and then he uses a quick burst pace to get around him. And every single time they did a tactical foul, and I know City get a lot of sick for this tactical fouling. I mean, is there a kind of case of a yellow card for that kind of tackle where there's no intent to play the ball? Should it be more than a yellow card? I just, I just, I, 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 I think so when it becomes dangerous like that. Like, I think that the cynical, which is like pulling a shirt, because it's like saying, for example, if you pull someone's shirt, you do the Chiellini on Saka. Is that a red card? Because he's made no attempt for the ball. He's just grabbed the guy by his shirt. I, th I think common sense needs to, to come into play because, like I said, the cynical and then the sinister. I'm not saying Trippier was sinister, but you have seen tackles in the past where they are. 
and yeah and it is dangerous and the fact that you're catching someone that high up there's no need put it this way if, if De Bruyne had the ball at his feet is that not a red card if he comes in that high yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. I, when I first so, seen it, I, I actually thought, oh, what's the ref, ref seeing something that I've not seen? Because I just looked to me like a tactical foul and he's tripped him up. Yeah, yeah. Same. And then you watch the replay back and he's, he's still to arm up as much as usual, but the foot connects on the knee. There's obviously no intent to play the ball. It's late in the game. It's 3-0 at this point, City, you're breaking. <sighs> I think they can feel a little bit hard done by. Um, I think so. That they've overturned it. I think if they, I think it was, this is the problem with Barry said this like a million times, but if I they give that a red and they thought, oh no, that was a massive mistake. Obviously, we have to not overturn that. Then I don't know. It's a little bit of questionable. But yeah, I, I think Steve probably would have stole the bits if that happened. Or like we said earlier, on um, the game, Nick Pope made some amazing saves on Harland and on Gundogan. Um, yeah, probably a fair result all in all. But yeah, a really, really good game. Yeah, probably a fair result all in all. And I, I, again, I just, I just think that City, obviously you can't judge them off the back of this, just like you can't judge Liverpool off the back of the Fulham performance and the one after that. But just a little little bit I want to talk about, Jim. Grealish versus Almiron. The, the rivalry that started out of nothing. He's obviously going to score, now. It started out of nothing. Grealish woke up and chose violence when he was half caught <laughs> on stage and called out little Miggy, one of my sons. <laughs> so, just like Brandon Aronson, another one of my sons. But the sign in the crowd, Miggy can Jack Grealish have your shirt. I did like that. But he scored and he started the season well. He has. He had a really, really good pre-season as well and I mean, you kind of thought that when you look at that Newcastle team and the money they've got behind and the drones now, you kind of thought maybe his time could have maybe come to an end if they yeah. don't get some big player. But if you trusted him, he works hard, he works incredibly hard off the ball. Um, he's quick. He, a lot of the times he makes the right decisions. Yeah, a lot of the players down the left-hand side would say Max Man, but Miggy's always there and you obviously got a goal. I mean, that was all Jack Grealish's fault in my eyes. Not <laughs> Not Kyle Walker and Roderick not tapping. It's really I saw you tweet. <laughs> it was, I didn't even think about it before it happened. I thought, and then when it happened, me just go, oh shit, he's slapping off on Right, listeners, betting apps at the ready. It is time for the bet of the week. And we're going to start in Brighton. Brighton versus Leeds. We're going to go both teams to score in that match. Then we're going to head to Stamford Bridge. Chelsea playing Leicester. We're going to go Chelsea to win 2-0 in that one. Let's hope the striking problems are solved by then. No cooler barley in that one. Then we moved to Anfield. Same rules apply. Liverpool to win to nil in that one. And then we head to the Etihad Stadium. And you guessed it, a hat-trick of to nils. Chelsea, City and Liverpool all to win to nil at home. So just to recap the bet of the week, we've gone Brighton leads, both teams to score. Chelsea to beat Leicester to nil. Liverpool to beat Bournemouth to nil. And Manchester City to beat Crystal Palace to nil. And Jim, what can the listeners do with that? They can shove at the Rackers. Right, welcome back, Cookie Pod listeners. Um, we spoke about some good performances and some good teams. The teams was impressed by it just. Um, 
Now we're going to speak about two teams, Cook, who have started real sluggish. They've not started quick out the um, the trap this year. And last year, West Ham, really impressive. David Moyes' outfit was really good. He made some good signs this, se- this season. In your Skamakas, it's a new signing um, Carrere from PSG made his debut. I know that centre-back, was it Aquad? I know he got injured. Um, Ariola signed on the permanent. But yeah, this season, West Ham are the only side to not score a single goal. Got no points. They're even below Man United. And we kind of scratched the first game off when Haaland did his thing and they lost 2-0. He probably should have got something out of Notts Forest, but he didn't. And then he go to Brighton um, this weekend, lose 2-0. I don't know, Cook, what's going wrong? And is, is David Moore's under a bit of pressure now? It looks a little stale, I'll, I'll be honest. At West Ham, yeah. it looks very stale very early and they, they put a lot of eggs in the Armando Broja basket that didn't really pay off. So they're, they're definitely in for a front man, these guys. They ended up going getting Skamaka, who's played no longer than half an hour for him so far. And I just I just think, yeah, really stale. It's West Ham for the past five years, you could say. Antonio through the middle and very predictable. I know Antonio is the kind of player he is and... Um, Kerr is a guy I've seen a lot at PSG. I think he leaves a lot to be imagined. I don't think he's a great player. I'll be I'll be honest. I think it's a Diop who it looks like they're going to let go to Fulham or, or already have let go to Fulham is a better player than him. And I just think that Brighton are a, a team that are on the up and put stocks in Brighton because Graham Potter is a, a good coach and I think potentially if Gareth Southgate doesn't do well at this World Cup, I think Graham Potter could easily be the next England manager and I think that he's got really good ideas he's earned his stripes in the lower divisions in Sweden and then eventually winning the Allsvenskan which is their national division and I think he's just got really good ideas and he's getting the most out of players who you'd think have completely burnt out for example Danny Welbeck Danny Welbeck looks like a brand new player with loads of hunger and loads of desire Trossard is a player who has had his inconsistencies, but he's got him playing as a wing-back and he's got him being really effective in the system. And even players like Pascal Gross, obviously he usually only scores against United, but he's still very consistent at the moment. And I know it's only been three games and I know it's hard to get carried away, but they're just putting the teams there and abouts around them to the sword and credit to Brighton at the moment. Like you said, they beat West Ham 2-0. They drew 0-0 with Newcastle, which let's not get it twisted. Teams will get worse results than that against Newcastle this season. And then they obviously Brighton beat Man United. And Brighton absolutely hammered Newcastle that day. Like exactly. was, uh, we're watching the highlights. We don't have the bin store. Um, yeah, Brighton are very impressive. And what just continues to impress me about them is where they find these gyms from, where they find these players from. Um, just going back to last week when they, when they probably should have beat Newcastle they had the um, the lad come on for Trossard the last 15 minutes the Japanese lad he looked unbelievable I had no idea where he came from <laughs> it's just a, what they do that Moises Casado who ran things at Old Trafford for 4 million yeah they, they'll continue to lose players and do that but just going back to uh, West Ham like we say zero goal scored and they did play a game, I believe, last week Last week on Thursday with the Vyborg 3-1. They're still qualifying for Europa League. So yeah. they're, looks like they're going to qualify. 
So now not only are they struggling, but they're playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. They'll have a game midweek in the Premier League next week when they have one off. Is yeah. that squad big enough to deal with that? It's not. It's not. And and then genuinely, the recruitment at West Ham this season has been atrocious, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think that they've basically they offered Declan Rice that massive contract that I think they had no actual idea that they were going to... If he accepts it, I think they'd proper shit themselves because I don't think they want to pay him that. I just think the the business has been really shit so far and I think it's really rubbish. Like I said, uh, Care, I'm not convinced at all by. I think up front, the stale, they really wanted Broger. They went and got Skamaka, who's a player that I think is the wrong type of profile that they needed. I think that they've got obviously Lanzini and Fornals are players of the past, but obviously are still pulling the strings to an extent. Bowen's a good player, but they're underachieving. That squad's not big enough to carry them through those two competitions and still good to give a good account of themselves mm-hmm. in both of them. I just don't think it's good enough. And I think that the business over the past 18 months has been really shit as well. Like Nikola Vlasic, they went and spent 35 million on him instead of going and getting Jesse Lingard, who's proven for them. And now he's gone out on loan in the past week. So I, I just think that it's been really rubbish of late. And I think that, I think, yeah, there you go. He's gone to Torino. Issa Diop, who I think, like I said before, is a better player than Timo Kerr, has gone to Fulham. So I just think bad business all around for West Ham. They have signed Emerson, who is, again, they, they love taking ex-Chelsea players for more than they're probably worth at the moment, West Ham. And I think that's just adds to the problem. And I think they need someone who can score. Because let's yeah. be honest, Antonio's not got injured yet. Well, exactly. And just segueing on from the team doing bad business is going to a team that has made one transfer all summer. Um, they've had no wins in the Premier League this season. The transfer was a third-choice goalkeeper after, you could say, a legend in Casper Michael leaves on, on, on pennies. Um Leicester look like a team that needs some reinforcement and there's less than two weeks to go until the end of the window. Not only that is some of the top players, um, the core, that core, Casper's already gone from the core. Profan is the best centre-back. He was left out on the, um, the weekend's loss to Southampton because, as Brendan Rodgers alluded to in the post-match press conference, that he did, wasn't there um, after a lot of interest from Chelsea. Um, so they don't even have time to replace him if he goes they've got Yori Tellimans in midfield who looks like he's very happy to run down his contract um, and leave next summer Fadi yes under contract but he looks too old on the eye right now honestly if James Madison wasn't playing for Leicester I don't know what is a positive about that squad at the minute because James Madison is is doing James Madison kind of things by just getting himself involved in, in goals every week but one man isn't enough and um, I actually seen that this morning or last night that Brendan Rodgers um, to be sacked the next manager was actually suspended um, and less upcoming fixtures aren't easy at all so we could see a very early casualty yeah, we could. And I think we talk about Stale with West Ham up the top of the pitch. I think, again, Stale with with this Leicester team. I think they bought into Rodgers at the start and they almost peaked. I think them not getting top four when they probably should have that season under him really deflated a lot of that squad and really 
probably thought to him, is this as far as we can go? And then they lose players like Chilwell and people like Telemans don't sign new deals. And obviously Schmeichel now is even jumping ship. He wants a new challenge. And I think that says it all with someone like Kasper Schmeichel, who you rightly said is a legend. And Leicester, they took a point away at Brentford. They've been beaten by Arsenal. They've been beaten by Southampton. Who Southampton are a team who I think are potential relegation fodder this season in Again, I argued the point on here. Who's going to score the goals for them? Shea Adams came off the bench and scored twice, but I don't think he's enough. Yeah, that is, again, putting him to the sword, putting the Foxes to the sword there, Shea Adams. But I just think, again, with Leicester, I don't know about you, Jim, but they spent all this money on like Dakar, Ian Acho, but none of them have really took the crown from Vardy. And now he's signed a two-year deal where he's going to be 37 at the end of it. Well, I think that I think him signing that two-year deal kind of shows that how right you are. A Dakar and Chalet, just haven't replaced him. I remember when he signed his last demand for like forty million, they yeah. did absolutely nothing. Um, but not only are they not getting goals, Madison doesn't do anything. The defense looks all over the place. I mean, right now they're playing um, what's his name? The guy who's not Daniel Amati definitely isn't a centre back. I mean, you just got to watch him play once. He's not a centre back. He's playing it to Johnny Evans, who's close to retirement at this point and I just think I, th- I think losing Cassius Michael he was so good one of the league's best goalkeepers and just saying do they not have the funds there by just saying oh no we're just going to let Danny Ward and this guy called Iverson just like rotate and they'll buy that off number one because this Danny Ward looks shocking like he looks terrible he made, he's made mistakes in almost every match They've conceded eight goals or something in the first three games. Um, four of the next five fixtures are away at Chelsea. That's the next fixture. And then in midweek, they've got United at home, which, yeah, they could win that one. Then they're away at Brighton. Like, it's a tough place to go. Yeah. Home to Villa, one that, they, one that, if they don't win, the home to Villa or home to United, then... Brendan Rodgers is getting sacked because after that they're away at Spurs. If I think if they don't win right, that home game, one of them two home games coming up against United or Villa, if they don't win one of them games, then Brendan Rodgers, they're probably looking at being bottom of the table and I don't see Brendan Rodgers, Rodgers lasting until the first international break, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right and I, I just think, I usually say... I try and not be too knee-jerk in my reaction at the start of the season. I usually try and give it six games to really see where everyone's at and, you know, really get a, a run of form. But but Leicester, yeah, it, it, it looks bleak for... I'm sorry, Foxes fans. It does look... It looks really bad. And in the past few years, you've got rid of, like, Mares, and you replace... Like, now, Harvey Barnes, who was really good a couple of seasons ago, looks a shadow of his former self. And now you're playing like Dewsbury Hall. I just think, is this enough considering it's, it's been a massive fall from Grace from, from Leicester? And you, you can argue they've been overachieving, but they've got some good players in there. But by the looks of it, it looks like no one wants to stay. And yeah, stale, I think is the word for the Foxes. Well, they were looking stale last season, is the way I would pick up. He yeah. was looking stale for all of the end of last season. I know they had a lot of injuries last season, but still it was stale. Wasn't it a bottom half finish or maybe they just finished 10th? And this summer, nothing has changed. I literally not going to change. And if anything, it looks the game worse. Replace leaving. Right, listeners. Unfortunately, it is that time where we have to love you and leave you. But it's also the time where we can tell you where to find us when we're not making podcasts. So if you want to follow us on our Instagram or our Twitter, 
Just search the handle at Cookie Podcast One. That's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. If you want to find us on anywhere where you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now Google Podcasts, just search in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It's been episode 147 of the podcast, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Did it.